Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Bees Knees Podcast. We're your hosts, Ben and Brittany, and if you haven't already, please download this episode. And make sure to check out the link in the description where you can find links to our Instagram and other socials. Happy listening! We like talking about movies and TV, or TV and movies, because we're the Bees Knees, oh yeah. This past weekend, we lost an hour from our weekend. Rest in peace. Yes. We did a TikTok about it. If you haven't gone there and seen it, you should. <laughs> Give us a views. <laughs> Maybe a like. No. <laughs> um, but I remember waking up, right? And you had said, like, your clock's wrong because you looked at your phone or something Sunday morning yeah. and noticed that the time w- was wrong. And I was like, yeah, the time, the time went ahead last night. Which also made me reflect on Saturday night. We were sitting on the couch watching TV. All of a sudden, it was 1 o'clock in the morning. I was like, holy shit, it's 1. We need to go to bed. And uh, it was like not even cluing in as to how that happened. I just thought, wow, we just really got into TV and just time flew by, whatever. (laughs) So anyway, then I got thinking about how awful it is that over the... When the time goes ahead, you lose that hour, right? So I was thinking about how awful it is that that happens. And this is March break for the kids, right? And so it's a different routine. So they're thrown off because the routine is different. But now the time is also different. So Monday morning, just hell on earth, right? (laughs) Because nobody in this family, I would say, is a morning person except for one. Our oldest daughter, I think she's the only early riser and the only one that seems to actually be happy about being awake the only voluntary early riser yeah and like you get up early but i feel like that's purely out of necessity and in that time that you're getting ready for work and it's early in the morning and everybody else is asleep you're just on survival mode (laughs) like you're not like i you're not up because you want to be up you're not one of those people that's like i'm getting up at 5 30 6 a.m to do stuff because i want to i wake up at six i sit around until about 6.30 after I've done my, like, had my coffee. Yeah. And then in, like, 10 minutes, I super productive, get lunches made for everybody, like, maybe, like, unload the dishwasher. Yeah. And then I'm out the door to work. Yeah. And I, like, I wake up when you get up because I hear you get up. And then I'm kind of, like, dozing in and out for the next hour. And then I always, without fault, doesn't matter what day of the week it is wake up at seven o'clock so i always wake up at seven o'clock and then i still i fight it so much i'm like i should get up my body has naturally woken me up at this time it would seem like it would make sense to be getting out of bed right now but you know what i'm just gonna be difficult and i'm just gonna lay here (laughs) and think about just stuff for half an hour so that i have to then panic and get ready uh, so on the weekend we went to costco Mm -hmm. as all good citizens do um and the night before we were like what time should we go to costco and i was like i want to be out the door at 10 30 which that's not early by any means it's not especially because like we have a one hour drive to costco yeah and then there's the time in costco and then there's the drive home but i was just like okay i want to be out the door at 10 30 i think i was up at like nine Probably. I made coffees. Yeah. And I I got you out of bed and onto the couch. (laughs) And then you sat there doom scrolling. And I was like, all right, well, 
9.45, maybe we should start getting ready. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, okay. Did not move. The kids were, <laughs> I got them changed. They were all technically ready. Yeah. And you were still sitting on the couch. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so maybe, how about you go get dressed and I'll go, and I don't remember what I said. Uh, and you were just like, why are you being so aggressive to me? I'm like, okay, <laughs> we always <laughs> say that stuff. It's like, it's joking. Absolutely. Like but, today I got up and you were like, get out of here or something. You were in the kitchen making us a smoothie. And I walked in and I think you were like trying to surprise me. Yeah. And so I walked in and you're like, what are you get out of here? Yelled at me. I'm like, stop being so mean to me. But it's just like your, your response is just like, why are you being so aggressive? And I'm just like, babe, I'm just trying to stick to the deadline that we made for ourselves well, last night. And then I continued to stay on the couch. Yeah. And then at, the next thing I remember you saying was like, all right, I'm going to go get the car started. And I was like, I'm not even dressed yet. You're like, sounds like a you problem. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was like, yeah, at this point, like it, that's fair. And then I don't think we actually ended up leaving until probably 11 it was maybe 11 quarter after yes. <laughs> well because then you forgot your wallet so we had to turn back around yeah so it was 10 after 11 <laughs> <laughs> and i'll own that one i'll own that mistake but uh yeah it's mornings are not they're not, not our best tea. things no it's, yeah especially me i would say i am the least morning person out of all of us well and the thing with you you like to be presentable when you go out yes me, I don't give a fuck. Well, I feel like it's also part of the male aesthetic, right? Like, you don't have to worry about makeup. Like, even if you wanted to wear makeup, like, I feel like you wouldn't, just your personality. Whereas me, <laughs> I, I've i gotten to the point where it's like, I don't even really want to wear makeup. And I don't wear a lot of makeup. I wear a little bit of mascara, that's it. But if I don't wear mascara, I get you look really tired or like, are you feeling okay? And that is so hurtful to me that I just do it anyway. It's I'm like, like, yes, I don't... I'm tired. Leave me alone. Yeah. It's like, I just don't want to deal with people accusing me of being like, just like having dull eyes, you know? Yeah. So I have to put on the mascara so that I look awake. Otherwise people think I'm dead. Yeah. I, uh, I, it's frustrating for me because I have almost nothing to do to get ready. So I'm just like, put on a pair of pants. I'm good to go. And then I'm sitting waiting for your, you know, definitively not very long beauty process. Well, and if you think about, I know a lot of other people that take a lot longer to get ready because like they actually put a lot of effort into their outfits and they'll put on a lot of like they'll do their whole face like a full face makeup and they'll do their hair yeah i can't imagine if i had to wait for you to like curl your hair and put on like a full, a full face, face. I, I get so i don't maybe overwhelmed i feel like the people that actually take the time to do a full face and do their hair every day and, and like they have their just like really great outfits I feel like they are much better at like time prioritization than I am. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. I don't know 
if I have met anybody with less sense of urgency yeah. as you. <laughs> and then the sad thing is that that lack of urgency has trickled down to our children. Because for you, it's just like, okay, we're like, when we have something we need to be at, mm-hmm. we know when we need to leave by. So we have maybe 10 minutes of like leeway for like traffic or something like that. Yeah. You really push the boundary of like leaving at that time. <laughs> Whereas I am like anxiously anal about leaving 15 minutes early. Yeah. For no reason, really. But that's just, you know. Well, and the thing about it too is like I feel like I'm much more relaxed because all the things that you've seen is purely social events. Mm-hmm. In which case, I'm just like. You don't care. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so we're supposed to go to a family member's house for something and like they say dinner's at like five or something come anytime after three i take that very like literally like any t- any time after three yeah. so it's like if we have to leave an hour and a half early to get there i'm fine if i get there at three thirty. Yeah. where you're like we have to See, be there at three what i'm thinking is like when we used to go to a church yeah and we've We've cut it. We cut it close a lot. Mm. Looking back on it now, I don't give a fuck if I was late for church. <laughs> but uh, it's just like the time thing. Like you just were not born with that innate like. Because I'm like, what are they going to do? Fire me? Fire me as your family member? Fire me as your friend? But then the kids, yeah, they have it for, I guess, not like time management, getting places, but just things in general. Mm-hmm. Today, one of our kids was getting a thing of tomatoes out of the fridge. Yeah. To have a little cherry tomato snack. Uh-huh. And she knocked over the entire thing of milk. Now, we're Canadian. We have the stupid bags of milk. Yes. And I acknowledge they are stupid and not the best way to store milk. But there's a corner of it that is open yeah because it has to be so the whole thing falls over and starts spilling all over the ground and just so casually uh uh-oh uh i i have a problem what's your problem like it's been a morning yeah so it's just like what's your problem now well i spilled the milk getting this out and it's just like okay you spilled some milk whatever and then i turn and look into the kitchen and there is milk everywhere yeah. running under the stove because we have an old house too so our floors are not level not at all <laughs> like that milk they, is running it is, everywhere it is running yeah. away. yeah so it's just like she just didn't care she didn't bother like oh i'll grab some paper towel or something i'll grab a towel i'll grab a shirt nothing well like even just in the way that she said it too it wasn't like it wasn't like an urgent, like, can someone please come help me? Yeah, like, I spilled the milk. Yeah, it it was like, like, help, uh, I spilled milk and it's going everywhere. It oopsie. was, yeah. oh no. I spilled the milk. God. You know what they say? No sense crying over spilled milk. Do you know what there is sense crying over, though? <laughs> Moldy, curdled milk under the goddamn stove. <laughs> Although the the only benefit is it got me to pull out the stove and clean out behind it, like, more than just the one, like, spring cleaning time of the year. Yeah. There were a lot of, uh, like, weird random toy things, like McDonald's crap or, like, the odd 
like how many pens and pencils have rolled there was a lot of pens there was two socks (laughs) uh they were nasty and i threw them out yeah so sorry to the other pair of those socks i mean how often do we actually wear them in pairs they're always random they never match so it's like whatever Fun fact about us we don't have our shit together the socks the socks haven't seen its soulmate in years as far as it was concerned it was already a widow like (laughs) (laughs) oh poor sock i was wondering why i had so many black socks they're all widows (laughs) spider joke (laughs) (laughs) i was thinking like the black veil that they wear oh i was thinking about black widow (laughs) now that you say that no totally intentional black widow (laughs) joke i was wondering why it took you so long to react to me saying spider joke i was like that's what they're called they're called black widows i feel like you could audibly hear the gears spinning in my head (laughs) just trying to catch up so the thing that we were watching on saturday night when the time changed that made us think how did we stay up this late Mm -hmm. we were finishing up on you you and uh Like, I've had such mixed feelings about this show in general. Like, when it first came out, I was hooked. It was like the new Dexter, right? Where where your main character is just a bad person breaking the law, doing bad things. Mm -hmm. But, like, you're still interested in watching them. And it's like you're... Sympathetic to the evil. Yeah, which is a really weird place to be because... The only time that I was actually sympathetic to Joe was the time... Because in the, in the early seasons, he was... There would have be moments where he was actually, like, helping a kid, for example. Like, there was that one kid who lived across the hall from him mm, whose yep. mom was being abused or something. And it was like, okay, like, not the best way to help, but I see what you were trying to do here. And that guy was, like, abusing this family. So it's like... It's kind of like the Dexter thing, right? Where it's like, well, at least he's killing other killers, yeah. right? He's not out there killing innocent people. But then he goes and does, like, really creepy shit, like the stalker stuff, the obsessions, then, you know, the cage in his bookstore, which is just, like, really just bad. A mass amount of killing women. Yes. So, they're like, he does awful things and for the first season i was just like holy shit like i have to see what happens next like i have to see is she gonna get out like is someone gonna find her is someone gonna help her like that's where my mind was constantly going or like what the fuck is your end game because yeah he kept insisting like i don't want to kill these people but it's like you have them locked in a cage what are you gonna do leave her there for the rest of her life and like yeah yeah he did for the rest of her life which like for an allegedly smart man he there's a lot of things that just like, well, what the fuck are you going to do now? It's like he, it's like he wanted them to have Stockholm syndrome, but he didn't want them to know that they had Stockholm syndrome. You know, it was like, yeah. he's like, I want you to actually gen- genuinely love me. So I'm going to force you to stay here with me until you do. But we're not going to recognize that that's like a bad thing because <laughs> I want it to feel like it's genuine. Hey, don't you dare call me out on my shit. Yeah. <laughs> And so the first season, I was just like, oh, my gosh, I have to know what's happening next. Second season came out. I dove right into that rabbit hole. Same kind of thing. And that was when Jenna Ortega's character came in. And I really liked that storyline. I liked him. Like, he always starts out like he's going to try and do better. And like, he's not going to go down the same path. And he's going to make better choices. And when it came to Ellie, 
it seemed like he was trying again he has that soft spot for kids he went after the child abuser who was actually in real life a child abuser so that was really creepy yeah um and then season three came out and i was like not really into it anymore i know this is like an unpopular opinion but i don't really like love as a character i don't like love quinn didn't really like her at all the whole i wolf you shit was like barf yeah so she came in season two yes and here's the thing about love capital l (laughs) is she just wasn't an interesting enough character i guess to us Mm -hmm. to like to be the main story yeah like in season one it was all about him and beck yeah and there was people who tried to tangle into it but season two it was like love her family Mm -hmm. uh this uh, Jenna Ortega's character's sister Ellie. was a cop, oh. wasn't she? I think she was dating a cop. Something like it's that. It's been a while since we watched that one. And it's just like there's all these different storylines with this creepy older guy with the Yeah, there, Yeah, there and was a lot happening. So it's like we didn't have to focus on just the you. Yes. It was you and you and you and you and you. Yeah. And then into season three, it carried on the love story but then it also had Marianne mm-hmm. and the the kid next door yeah. and his dad and the the weird sex oh, yeah. positive couple yeah and so there's just so many other people just be, because she isn't that interesting of a character to be the focal point of the story well and they were too similar like joe on his own isn't enough to carry the story that's why it's like this the story doesn't work without his obsession right because then whatever is happening in their life and whatever drama is going on in their life is then in joe's life which is like obviously how we get introduced to it and then those are the things that are like okay this is interesting it's not even always necessarily the obsession that he's having because honestly i've get really turned off and like creeped out by it like when Mm -hmm. she found the box with like her old tampon in it and stuff like that i was just like oh my god even just the most recent season when he's like looking out the window across the the like court just constantly just constantly and it's like staring they they catch him many times like just staring and i'm like why why are you just standing there not even afraid of getting caught? And like he has that awkward like, oh shit, I was just caught. But you weren't even trying to hide that you were staring in the first Listen, place. I have, uh, I've done my fair share of like peeking out a window at like, what's the neighbor doing? Like, so, yeah, you hear just something being going nosy on, neighbor like, shit. What's the neighbor doing? You hide behind a curtain or something. Like there, there have been times that I have like pretzeled myself like on the side <laughs> of the couch. So that it's like, there's no part of me that is seen and it's just the side of my face poking up yeah. to minimize, you know, the possibility of them watching me, like creeping on them to see like, oh, like what new vehicle is over there? Why are they making such a racket? Like what creepy Why guys is there a horse door? on my yeah. lawn? Why the fuck <laughs> is there a horse on my lawn? But like you try to hide it and he is just standing there and I understand in TV shows there is this like people have as bad of perception 
as it needs to be. So it's like in High School Musical mm-hmm. when Sharpay walks out of the bathroom and then Gabriella pokes out from around the corner, but around the corner is just right there. Yeah. So it's just like these things, they, they happen because. Yeah. But it's just like when there is a show like you where it tries to be intellectual and like have these threads where it's like we're trying to base this in realism to the extreme. Mm-hmm. There is a woman pleasuring herself on the couch yeah. in front of a big window and 10 feet away from that window is another window with a dude standing there. Yeah. You see that. Yeah, you would. There is no way you don't see that perv across just watching you, watching you finger blast yourself. And, okay, like, the thing that I didn't understand, though, is, like, just all he would have to do to be more discreet was to just turn the lights off in his apartment. Yeah. They wouldn't know you were there. <laughs> and, again, like, or when you're going to be having an intimate moment with yourself and you know that you're window is visible feet away from another other window. windows yeah because honestly if if it was if we were in joe's apartment yeah and she was on her couch doing that and i was just walking past the kitchen i would see it yeah. i would be like oh okay and then like obviously there would be an awkward moment of like oh shit i just saw something i wasn't supposed or to it's see like if you're having this moment of self-intimacy you could also turn a light out yeah exactly so there's just all these things where it's like peop- they have curtains, but they rarely use them. And in the beginning, too, Kate acts as though she despises Joe, right? Like she's mm-hmm. annoyed by his presence. Like she can't be bothered. Like, oh, he keeps turning up everywhere. And I don't think she was pretending. Like she did have this like front to push people away to like be- have her guard up and stuff. But he is still some stranger to her. And so I don't think that she was just doing it all as a front to be like, oh, I, I don't I'm afraid of getting close to you. I think she genuinely did not give a shit about him in the beginning. Yeah. So it's like when you caught him staring at you the first couple times, one, why didn't you start closing your curtains? And two, why didn't you complain about it? Yeah. Like she made some jokes like, oh, you're creeping in the window and stuff like Tell the dude to fuck off. Like, stop staring at my apartment, you creeper. I'm calling the cops next time. <laughs> she doesn't like him, but she's also a complete fucking exhibitionist <laughs> for it. <laughs> so, like, it's a very conflicting show because it's like you you hate Joe, but at the same time you want to know, like, how does he plan on getting away with this? Yeah, it, it's constantly just like a, that, like, chase of him doing better. For just a abrupt fall into not being any better. Mm-hmm. And then it starts over in a new location. Okay, this time I am going to do better. Yeah. Oh, but there's you. Okay, we're falling back into the, the same, same thing. thing. This last season, though, I was like, I was really down for it because he he was gone. He was just like, my whole life was gone. I am not having a you. Um it seemed like he wasn't having a you. Yeah. But then he did. Yes. Though this time it wasn't an obsession with like uh, an attraction or uh, like that. It was a obsession over self-preservation. Yeah. And it, there were some twisties and turnies. So. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I guess if you haven't seen the last half of season four. And if you wouldn't want to. 
do yeah. that before listening. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh, and if you just don't care, like keep listening, whatever. Um, so it twists that who we think is the eat the rich killer mm-hmm. um, is the, oh, what the fuck is his name? Reese. Yeah. And so then we have this kind of like back and forth between Reese giving Joe things to do and him saying, I don't want to, but you have this information on me. How do you have this information on me? Yeah. And that was very compelling because while that is happening, we simultaneously have this friend group that he has just somehow supplanted himself into like royalty basically yeah like just like the wealthy elite yeah and it's just like one as if a guy's just gonna show up and then just be like well it was because he saved kate from that mugging yeah which and so they were like oh and he worked with the one guy yeah the first victim i forget his name yes so it's just like weird happenstance that he's in with this yeah and it seems just like a an adjacent story that is happening at the same time. And we have this group of friends who they all have flaws and like they all have shit going on, mm-hmm. but none of them are just being like, I, I, I don't know how to describe the thought. It's like they are all welcoming him into their drama while he is actively trying to stay out of it. Right. So that gives me the impression of, oh, maybe he, after the, in the fourth season, he is now finally changing. Yeah. Well, and this is the first time we see him as the victim of his own game. Yeah. Which is kind of refreshing because it's just like, you'd think it would give him some sort of insight as to like what he's been putting these women through. But I think he also just, (sighs) he doesn't have that capability. Yeah. To... To actually think about what he's putting other people through. So the other thing too about this show. In this season in particular. Is the multiple relationships with people that he has. And also the twists and turns. Like the. they I, I said when it happened. The secret. They secret windowed us. Yeah. Because um, if you haven't seen Secret Window with Johnny Depp. It's like this whole. Um like thriller mystery where he's like being stalked he's really paranoid and then he finds out it was him the whole time like he had a multiple personality disorder or something and he it was always him he was the one doing all these things yeah and that's what happened in this season where it was like he became obsessed with reese and obsessed with himself and this piece of him that was so evil that he reflected it and like kind of externalized it into another person which looked like Reese who's a real person but wasn't doing all these things wasn't this person that he had made him out to be in his own head that embodied all these bad things that were actually his own Mm -hmm. and so it was like he had someone else to point the finger at and be like no this is you like you're the problem like I want to get rid of you once and for all and as the season goes on he realizes like okay I have to accept that you are me like yeah. I made you out of the bad parts of me. And so it's like I have to get rid of myself to get rid of the problem. Yeah. And we find out things that in the first half we thought like, okay, he actually is making changes. We see him let Marianne go, which he had never done before. 
Mm-hmm. Like he had someone who knew about his past because love told her in the end of season three. And um, so she knows all about him. She knows all about his his obsessions, his stalking, his murdering. And yeah. he's just like, you know what? Like her daughter needs her mother. I'm going to let her go. And it's like, holy shit, who is this person? Like, how is he being so self-aware and like actually caring of others and not just like this false idea of caring other for others like he's been yeah. telling himself that he's been doing and so I was, I was actually impressed with this character at that moment because i was like wow he really is taking this seriously and then he does the whole like and then i see you looking at kate through the window and i'm like oh fuck here we go <sighs> but then we get into the whole he's the one being stalked so that distracts him for a bit yeah from the whole love obsession and then we find out that it was him all along. Marianne did get locked up in the cage and he just doesn't remember. Yeah, doing all these it. things that we thought we knew were not correct. Yeah. Usually I hate that kind of a play where it's like they're going to come back and just show us like a different angle and something else is going on. Yeah. But I actually really liked how it, they did it. Mm-hmm. How it's like when he let her go he actually did this other thing and took her. Yeah. When the the artist got killed. Yeah. He was outside on a bench. Yeah. Oh, but then the alternate personality came in, went in, killed him, and came back and sat on the bench. Right. When the snobby, uh, bitchy, rich lady got killed, yeah. he was thrown out a window. He couldn't have done it. Yeah. But he was actually fine the alternate personality got up, killed her, and then went back into there and then yeah. re- released control. Right. So it's like all these things where it's like, I thought I knew what happened, but then they showed me what actually happened. It's like, that makes sense. Yeah. In an extreme way. I kind of would have liked to see in the scene where he's in chains and Reese lights the place on fire mm-hmm. and the other douchebag character he's not really relevant in rolled. it much. rolled yeah i only remember that because he's the same name as the penguin from animal crossing that everyone loves right <laughs> um so he's in the chains and he's gonna be lit on fire i would have loved to see a flashback of him putting himself in that situation <laughs> like just talking like, to himself like oh you just like you need to prove yourself to yourself like yeah i'm gonna make you do this for me and you'll come to your senses joe and it's like just kicking over his own the the lantern that started yeah. the fire, laying down and then waking up, being like, "Oh fuck, what?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I like I would have loved to see kind of a flashback on that because that would have been ridiculous. But then of course it would kind of kill the <laughs> the mood. Yeah. Um, and then what's worse is that he has a a really really smart student in his class as he's being a professor in London, and. She asks all the right questions. She picks up on all the right clues. And she finds out before he does where Marianne is being held. And so they come up with this genius plan to get her out. Yeah, like to to slow the heartbeat down. Yeah, and and like I thought that this was funny because, um, because Marianne's daughter's name is Juliet. And this is essentially what Juliet does in Romeo and Juliet. They slow her heart rate down. They think she's died. They 
have a funeral for her. She gets put in the like tomb or whatever. Romeo comes and by this point she's supposed to be woken up but she hadn't yet so he believes she's actually dead stabs himself she wakes up sees he stabbed himself and then she stabs herself with yeah and in this he thinks she's dead and he's just like I am not gonna hurt anybody else yeah what I've done and he throws himself off a bridge Mm -hmm. they straight up Romeo and Juliet it Yeah. Didn't even catch that. See, like, I, I did right away. I was like, her daughter's name's Juliet, and she just got out of this situation by doing what Juliet did in Romeo and Juliet. Only she didn't impulsively kill herself after it. No, but the first initial <laughs> plan was the same. Um, and that was so, so smart, so genius. I loved looking back on that because they cut away from that when they were first discussing her and Marianne about how they were going to do it because Marianne knows Joe. She knows that like me just, if he comes back and finds that I'm not here, he's not going to stop looking for me and wondering how I got out of here. Yeah. And then I'm just going to have to be looking over my shoulder my whole life and that's not a way to live and that's I'm not going to put my daughter through that. Like he needs to think that I'm gone. Either he needs to be gone, I need to be gone. And they're like, well, ideally he should be gone because then he can't do this anymore to anybody else. Yeah. But if she has to be gone, then that's good too. And they didn't show us the plan. They kind of cut away. And I was wondering, like, what did they talk about? So I'm really glad that it got to the point where she was explaining to us what happened because I I also thought Marion was dead. And the same. When she, when uh, Nadia, the student, when she got the drugs from her boyfriend to go in like reverse or whatever the effects of the drug that she did take, she like kind of ran off. Like her boyfriend kind of bailed her out of jail or whatever. And then she just like leaves. And I'm like, oh, she's in a hurry. Like we're going to see her going and saving Marianne. But then when Marianne was already dead, I kept thinking like she's going to come in now while Joe's down there with the body. Yes. Yeah, and I then was, what? I was so confused at that because I was I was like, she, where did she fit into the timeline of this? Yeah. Because she got caught and then she was at the police station. Like I was I was so confused. And she was in such a rush to get back that I thought for sure she was gonna run down down those stairs and run just straight into Joe. And I was like, yeah. fuck. And then If only. If only. It may have been a little less heartbreaking. I don't know. Because I feel like if she had to run down the stairs, either she would have either had to have a weapon with her and maybe just like stabbed him or something, or she would have just ended up dead down there. Yeah. Which is like, it's not really that much better than what actually happened. Because I was thinking the whole time, like I always get so anxious when someone's being sneaky and especially when they're being sneaky on someone like Joe because he is really smart about not getting caught. Mm-hmm. Like, and when I saw that he had that camera in his bookcase when he was trying to catch Reese doing stuff and then was yeah. like, oh shit, it's me. You and when, I both had the same thought. We're yeah. just like, he's just gonna like casually be browsing and be like, oh, what the hell? Yeah, what the hell's Nadia doing in my apartment? Oh, what did she find? And I was like, this is it for her. She's so fucked. And then when she goes back, I'm like, okay, he just jumped off a bridge. So maybe, maybe she's good. But still, where's that camera? Did he keep it up there? Did he yeah. take it down? Like, you never know with him. And then I'm like, he's going to find it. He's going to know that she was in there snooping and then he's going to kill her. But it was like, it's almost, it's almost worse what he did because 
yeah, she's still alive, but is she really? Like, she has to sit in prison for something she didn't do knowing this, full well that yeah, there's a murderer out this there. This guy, she just encounter like she just came to terms with like we like each other Mm -hmm. there is a future we care about each other yeah well he's dead now she finds his body she's laying on the ground covered in his blood yeah and joe's just like so there's two things that could happen and he's so calm about it too and uh, he's fucking evil yeah and he's like there's two things that can happen one like you'll be like him or two uh, here, put out your hand. Here's mm-hmm. the knife that killed him. Now is covered in your fingerprints. Yeah. You're going to say he killed the guy that I killed. And yeah. that's it. And then she ends up going to jail. Her, like you, her life is ruined. Mm-hmm. Like with the power he has now being with Kate. Yeah. She is in jail. I, how, I would assume that'd be a murder charge. Yeah, for life. So like 25 to life. Well, and because she's connected to the Reese murder as well. Yeah. So, but then she's young. So she'd get out at like anywhere from like 35 to 45, depending on behavior, I assume. Well, she's, I would imagine she's in her 20s. Yeah. So like, uh, like the 20, I'm going off the 25 years. Okay. Might be a little less because of behavior. behavior. I don't know. Yeah. Right, like she's an intellectual, she's teaching people or something. Yeah. So like gets out at thirty five to forty five. Right. Fifty, whatever. You still have some life. But now all you know is you're studying prison. Yeah. And now you are out of jail with the world convinced it's not even yeah. like she could get out and people are like, Oh yeah, you were wrongfully imprisoned, we'll give you a chance. Right. No one's hiring a murderer. No. And she, like, he says, like, oh, she hasn't spoken. Like, she's smart. She's not going to talk. Because he said, like, you could talk about me doing this and, like, tell them this, but no one's going to believe you. Yeah. Because I've implanted, like, I've planted enough evidence against you that You've got this stuff at your house. Yeah. You're holding the murder weapon. Yeah. And it's, like, so tragic because I've seen a lot of videos where it shows her first, like, in the first half of the season when she's a student she's making all these inquiries she's debating in her class she's like on top of the world smartest woman in the room hands down yeah, like she, she has hope she has potential she yeah. has spirit and like her writing she's really passionate about it and she's just a great person and then just how broken she is at the end when she's laying there in the street covered in her boyfriend's blood yeah and it's just like you see that quick contrast because like we watch it over time and you see it kind of break down you see the spark die and be frightened exactly and it's and it's not easier to see it when it's broken down over time it's still it was so gut-wrenching to watch it but when you see it that quickly it's like holy fuck what a horrible person and I have seen a lot of mixed reviews on whether or not people people are kind of mad. They're like, this should have been Joe's last season. And I don't think we know yet if it is or not. The um, way they ended it, yeah. it could be. Like, they could just leave it and we could just know that he's out there I don't being a know dick. if they know if it's the last season or not. Yeah. Because if 
the studio, like if Netflix knew it was the last, mm-hmm. it would have had series finale or like right. final season of yeah all over the stuff. Yeah. But like I'm I'm fairly confident there will be one more season. And what I want from it is all of the characters who are affected by Joe. Yeah. Um, whether it's Jenna Ortega's character coming back and like I'm back and I've got a plan to take this bastard down. I've got all this evidence. I've got this, this, and this. Right. Um, plus, there would be some new conflict in the, you know, elite tycoon world mm-hmm. that all comes spiraling and crashing and it comes to the big conclusion of Joe. Yeah. And then, like, I, f- I feel like that would be a first half of the season. Right. And then have another couple episodes as kind of like an epilogue where it's just like, now here are the people who are affected. Show us that girl in prison who maybe because of what happens in that, she gets released, but she's still very broken and like the healing process for her. Right. Show Jenna Ortega, like what has she been doing up until now? Yeah. Uh, and where is she going to go from now? Yeah. Or like Marianne, because I said to... Like, it shows us Marianne kind of at the end of the episode. She's back with her daughter. She's reading the newspaper, and Joe's there as, like, his second chance at a better life or whatever. She kind of scoffs, rolls her eyes, like, what a piece of shit. And it's like, can you imagine, like, she would have to go back, and whoever was, like, her neighbor or friend, whoever was watching her daughter, she... Joe had texted that person was like, I relapsed. So this person was looking after her daughter under the assumption that she had relapsed again. It was like, oh, like relapses happen. You can kind of see that dialogue in when he's texting again and it's been switched. The number's been switched to go to Nadia. Um, And so she would have to go back, explain that like, no, I didn't relapse. I was actually held hostage and was being tortured and all this yeah for the I last was fighting for long, my life to my get back. arm was broken yeah. i was starving to death i was hallucinating like all this and awful stuff she has the evidence of a broken arm that was not properly healed right so it's like she has some credibility to it but, like, but the trauma like she would have major ptsd from that Yeah, but then to say also you can't say anything about this no because if he finds out i'm alive then he'll come back then for me I again. Won't be. Yeah, exactly. So it's like she can't do shit about it. She left her daughter for we don't even really know how long because well, it was long enough for her to break her arm and for it to heal. Yeah, I'm gonna Google how long it takes to heal a break a broken arm. So she's gone for that long. Her daughter is like, when is my mom coming back? Right, because she was supposed to be gone for like yeah. two days, and she ends up being gone for X amount of time. So her daughter has some like probably separation anxiety, trauma stuff going Absolutely. on as well. Broken arm, most cases takes six to eight weeks to recover, and that's if it's like properly like cast. Yeah. So I can't help but think it's probably like extra, two and a half months. Add an extra couple of weeks for the beginning of because. It's going to take a while to start healing yeah. when it's just constantly flopping all over the place. Well, she ca- she made a sling for herself, and then she started doing some, like, makeshift physiotherapy. Yeah, but, I mean, she broke the arm and then got thrown back down onto the ground, mm-hmm. and then, like, I don't know how long it took her to get the sling on yeah. or, like, that, but, like, the point is it's not proper. So at 
least two months. Yeah. So then, and she also wasn't given anything. Like, yeah. when it was showing her in there for that amount of time, and she's just, like, pacing back and forth, and she's, like, telling a story and envisioning telling it to her daughter and, like, going to, like, that happy place of being with her daughter. But, like, she didn't have anything to write with. She didn't have anything to draw. She had empty takeout containers to stack up. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. And to just pace back and forth and to make up stories in her head. So it's like also the psychological effect that would have on someone as well as the physical trauma, as well as the starvation, like all of these things would take so long to recover from. And then she's also a recovered addict, which like what a strong person that she didn't touch those drugs the whole time she was in there because I can only imagine that she must have been tempted to. Yeah. And then now she's out, but it's like you would think that that would also make her tempted to relapse, right? Yeah, and if you're having the all having that shit it to readily deal with. available, like she she really had that strength of like, my daughter is getting me through this. I'm not gonna touch those pills. Yeah, for her, because mm-hmm. if it was just her, like three days into it, she probably probably would have just taken them all. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, there is a lot of really good characters with a lot of, like, even in one episode. Like, that was one episode that we saw Marianne going through what she went through. And it's just so powerful in how they did it. I loved how they brought back the exes, like, Mm -hmm. how Beck was in there and and how love came back for that bit. Yeah, that hallucination scene. Yeah, like, that I felt was all really well done visiting all the people he had murdered and that stuff but it also had some really like other shitty people like you look at um at lady lady phoebe lady phoebe's boyfriend fiance husband like what a fucking prick just about everybody in that circle was were a prick. fucking prick yes like, except for lady lady phoebe, phoebe and i mean really that's it I mean, her bodyguard, Vic, was kind of a... He was a decent guy. He was actually looking out for her, and then he just got offed really early. Yeah. But he he said, like... And she said, too, she loved him like he was family. He was part of the family. So it's kind of sad that she'll never know what actually happened to him. Yeah. And, like, Kate was looking like she was a decent person. Yeah. But then it was just like, you know what? I don't even care what you've done. I like you. You help keep me good. Yeah. Despite how terrible of a fucking person you are, you keep me good. Yeah. You keep me from like and I'll my keep family you, resentment. And I'll keep you good too. But it's like. But then know. he goes and does that shit with Nadia. And yeah. this is like, so you're just as terrible. Per- this is just another love, yeah. love situation where it's just like, he's shitty, but so are you. So you just work off of each other. Right. But like Lady Phoebe, Phoebe was such a great person. Yeah. And I'm really happy that it had that thing where it's like she is off the grid. She is teaching children Mm -hmm. somewhere that they don't know who the fuck she is. Yeah. And she just looked happy. Yeah, she did. She felt she looked like she felt fulfilled finally. And then, uh, yeah, her her boyfriend, fiance, whatever. (laughs) He got what was coming to him real bad. Oh, my gosh. Like I was watching that whole thing wondering because. That was the other thing I felt that I was annoyed with is that they gave us just enough of other people's storylines that you were interested, but not enough to really know the whole story. Yeah. Because it is still just 
one show about this one guy you don't want to go too far off but it's like they could have had a whole nother show about lady phoebe yeah and what she was going through and i would even just like another like like how they had the marianne episode yeah they could have had a phoebe episode but that wasn't overall important to the plot no but it's just like She's just a good character. But I want to know. You gave what me all this her. information and I just want to know. Yeah. Because she was going to go to like some psychiatric center to help with, because yeah. she also was having some PTSD and mental health issues. So she was going to go and check herself in, get herself fixed up because she was on a lot of drugs yeah. and not really knowing what and was he, going on. He came in, smooth talked his way into taking her there. Within like a night. So uh, it's like, I don't know what he just, said. Just him coming into that like apartment or whatever and being like i'll take I'll, I'll at least let me drive her i'm nothing without her yeah and like just to to find out that it's just like whatever he did mm-hmm. which is the frustrating thing that we don't know yeah he turned her around convinced her that she needed him and that she wanted to marry him yeah because he just sold he's out of money he sold all his cars for the ring and if she said no yeah he has to give that ring back. He has nothing. Right. So he's just like, I'm homeless. Well, I have this. I have the one car for just one more night. But then he. Yeah. He he, he pulls this off and he's using her. He isolates and, her and from all her support. Blocks all of the people in her life out. Yeah. Like gaslights her into thinking that they are against her. Mm-hmm. Until she says, I do. And then, and then she goes crazy because of all this pressure and all this, like, manipulation. Yeah. But then because she is now unfit to, you know, like... Manage being, her money. Now he is because yeah. of perfect timing. Well, and it's like she was having a psychotic break, wandering around the street, not knowing, like, where she was, who she was, whatever. And... What does he do? Like, she's probably in the psychiatric hospital for, like, a day. And he's already in bed ready to have an orgy. <laughs> and it's just, like, talking, like, oh, yeah, like, my wife, she she should really get the help that she needs. And But for now, like, I'll, I'll look after her finance. Because she didn't really know what she was doing financially. So, like, I'll take care of that. But, yeah, I'm also getting tied down right now and ready to just, like, have the time of my life with it, this, like, sex party thing right, that's going on. Yes, boy. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, he, and... Like, I'm kind of glad that he was taken so off guard and that he was thinking that he was about to have the time of his life. He was going to have this, like, great time doing this sex thing. And then it was just like, surprise, motherfucker. We're killing <laughs> you. raised my hopes quite expertly just to dash them. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I, like, I, I mean, I'm not, I don't condone murder. But, like, in this case, I was like, well, whatever. You had it. Yeah. <laughs> um, when there was the final reveal that he... He killed the real Reese. Yeah. And there is, oh, but there's another Reese. Were you as like flipping through possibilities as I was? I was like, oh, he's got a twin. Like that was what I was convinced of. I was like, because he opens the door. He's like, do I know you? Then goes to close it. And I was yeah. just like, he, they're prestiging us. He's got a twin who is like fucking with joe who hates his brother who wants to like take his life or something and no it was just yeah so i had the whole um like illusion of reese in his mind spoiled for me 
before ah. on TikTok. That was something that was spoiled. And I was like, no, <laughs> no way. That can't be true. And I was like, I really hope that's not true because that seems really lazy. And at first when it was coming together and I knew that it, it actually was true, I was just like, this really fucking pisses me off because I just imagined that it was like, oh, I just made this up and it was me all along. And it was just going to kind of be left at that. And then it was just going to be Joe going back to being Joe. But the way that they did it kind of made me forgive them a yeah, bit. Yeah, because he had that fight with it. Yeah. He was, it was very like, yeah, it was him talking to a different visualized person, but it was him talking to his inner demons. Yes. And being like, I'm not going to hurt anybody. And he even went to the point, tried to kill himself. For yeah. It. But uh, then. Well, and. Yeah. I also kind of forgave them for it, and I liked that they kept Reese around even though we knew he was an illusion, even when Joe knew that it was an illusion. And I liked it because I was getting I was getting really tired of the inner monologues. <laughs> and so I was like, if he can talk to someone that's still his own thoughts, but it's someone else, so it's act it's not just a long, lengthy thing of just like a Joe monologue. Then you, I'm okay with it. Do you it. know what I think that was? I think that was Penn Badgley being real sick. Hey, did you see that interview where he was just like, yeah, everyone is just like, oh, there's so much. He's just like, no, when I'm filming, I just, I say one line and then I stare. Yeah. And it's just like everyone else is talking and, and he I'm just someone else. Like I'm pretty sure he's listening to someone else or something. Like I thought I saw something that um, – someone else was like reading his lines or something so that he knew like what reactions that he was supposed to be doing because he's just staring yeah and um yeah and like i've also seen people make videos of like what it's like talking to joe without the monologue it's just like crickets and it's just him staring at you like and i was like oh my gosh i never thought about that i before. bet he was just sick of that so he's just like Let's... give me someone to talk to yeah well and then i found out he directed at least the final episode, maybe a couple more in the season. Yeah. But it's just like, yeah, he was he was sick of staring. Yeah. Well, I'm also glad that he has also said that he wants, like he's not sure if there's another season yet, but he, if there is another season, he hopes that it's his final season. Like season five would be a good, a good time to end Joe and he wants everything that's coming to him like he yeah. wants joe to be just like he wants him done that's been a really good thing about uh him is in all this press tour stuff him just being like i don't understand people's infatuation with this character he's awful yeah well and he also almost turned down the role because he didn't want it to be romanticized like he didn't want these really toxic things being put out there as if that's like a thing you would want in a significant other so he was like afraid of doing the show and putting that kind of thing out there and romanticizing and, and glamorizing toxic behaviors yeah and, and they were like well that's why you would be perfect for joe because you wouldn't play him that way but it's like obviously people are gonna do it anyway yeah, and that's the tricky thing with this kind of a show where your main character is a serial killer. He's, like, a, such a terrible person, especially in, like, the climate of the world. Mm -hmm. There's so much shit, mass killings, like, yeah, people like this out there functioning. Yeah. And 
I mean, what do people want? They want to be famous. Yeah. And when there are shows like this where, like, this guy's doing it and, like, everyone knows Joe Goldberg. Right. It, It's hard to not make that, like, on a pedestal. Right. It's the same thing, like, when the Dahmer show was yeah. out and people yeah. were just like, why are you making him more popular? Why are you doing this? He was a terrible person. Mm-hmm. And it's, like... I see that, but it's also looking it at at like the perspective of what it does to people. Yeah. So, and I at the as soon as I said that, I was like, that said, the people who are capable of this kind of thing, mm-hmm. they don't look at it and see the hurt that he causes and be like, no. oh yeah, that's, that's a bad thing to do. No. But um, I feel like the rest of us. Yeah. Us people who, you know, like we, we, we don't want any of that. No. We see that and like we sympathize and like it it helps us relate to, you know, victims of real life tragedy and mm-hmm. stuff like that because like you empathize with the hurt. Well, yeah. And because in real life tragedy, people don't really want to just open up about the tragedies they've experienced. Yeah. But they still... They can't be treated like everybody else would be treated, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, like people who have experienced some sort of trauma, they're going to behave differently than someone who hasn't. And it kind of gives you some out of context insight into what trauma does to a person and like how to empathize for that person and show compassion yeah. and patience. Because shows like this, even though this is fictional, even ones based off of true stories showing more insight into how the victim and the the victim's families are treated afterwards or during hopefully would make you a more mindful and compassionate person a caring Mm -hmm. person and it's really sad that that's not the case and that there's always going to be people who are really hateful and point fingers and victim shame and I honestly don't think that there's going to be a world where that doesn't happen because unfortunately shitty people exist. But I think it would make more people who would otherwise remain neutral on the whole thing actually feel comfortable in being able to show support because they've seen something to that scale, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So I like as, as well like talking about things like Dahmer, I saw the backlash about it too. And obviously... I am not someone who identifies as people like in the same community as people who are victims of Dahmer. But what I was kind of like what I ended up getting from it was how many times those things could have been prevented if there wasn't the underlying homophobia and racism yeah, because, preventing it from being stopped in the first place. Yeah, because that show, yes, it the main character was Dahmer, and it showed the things it did, but it also highlighted the lack of action. Yeah, and um, the prejudices that led to something like that being able to have taken place. Yeah, and the amount of times that it did. Like obviously, Dahmer killed people before those calls went in before the smells in the apartment before all of that but 
He was also pulled over for drunk driving with a body in his trunk. And because he was a white boy who gave his his speech about, oh, well, my parents are going through a divorce. Oh, what was me? Like, of course, yeah. I'm going to be drinking. They didn't pursue it further, which I think like if that was any other person, if that was any other type of person, if he looked any different, I... I'm almost 100% certain that that car would have been searched, that he would have been taken away, he would have had his vehicle towed, yeah, and it would have been discovered, he would have been put away. Well, and, like, just think about the... And I feel shitty not knowing the, the name, but the, the victim, or I guess attempted victim, who got away and led to the cops coming back... Yeah. I mean, he was out and, like, cuffed and stuff. And... They almost made him a victim of police crime. Yeah, well, because they were also making homophobic things like, oh, well, like they were saying stuff. And obviously, I don't know how much of it was was dramatized, but I did see some like police cam stuff or recordings. I guess back then they didn't have like cameras, but they still had things recording like audio. And they were joking around about like catching like gay or something yeah. stupid like that and he was like oh well i don't really want to like go near them or touch them because like then i'll become and then insert just bad names yeah and it was it's just stupid it's just like this this is to me it's so and it makes me so mad and that's why i think that these things are so important is because if you weren't so stupid in your in your hate that you actually saw these people as people and actually wanted to do your job and help them and protect them, yeah. serve them, then none of this would have happened. But you were you were too caught up in your own just twisted, stupid ideologies to even notice that. Yeah, that's why I like these like the documentaries that focus on like the the stories of the victims mm-hmm. to let them be known and be yeah. like these people existed and were taken. And yeah, like it says like how it happened and how they got caught, but like it has like interviews from their family talking about these people. Yeah. And uh, kind of, you know, educating people who don't know, like dangerous things happen. Watch yourself, like be careful. And then like celebrating the life of the people who right have been victims of all these terrible people well and the other thing too about like the Dahmer show and like the backlash that it got is that I felt that the show also was trying to point out that it's not something to be romanticized like in the show there it showed people who are like oh let's take pictures this is where Dahmer lived and like let's take pictures in front of this building and like they called these people out and was just like this this isn't a joke like people died here like wake up this isn't some funny joke like Dahmer is not something to be joking around taking pictures like making him a celebrity and again in the show she breaks their camera because she's just like stop fucking doing this yeah and then she gets arrested like nothing Meanwhile, there were countless calls being like, this guy's up to something. Come check it out. I'm pretty sure I'm listening right now to someone get murdered and you need to come check it out. They're like, well, why don't you go knock on his door? It's like, because I'm certain someone's getting murdered over there. 
And, and I it's don't not also be murdered. <laughs> I have no protection. You want me to go over there? But it's like it just shows again the the racism. Of course, a black girl is gonna get is gonna get arrested in no time for breaking a white boy's property. But when there's someone being murdered, we'll just oh well, you know what? Is yeah. it like probably not? Just go back to sleep. That that's a waste of our time. Like yeah. So all of these like fictionalized murder shows. Yeah. And like dramatized retellings of stories i don't think they're ever going to stop no because they get such high viewerships um but one thing i think that they do need like with you pen badger was saying i want the last season for him to get everything that is coming his way yeah and to show that he doesn't get a happy these people ending. aren't sympathetic yeah they don't get exactly they don't get happy endings yeah so like to to emphasize that aspect of it and I guess other news stories I really hope that it isn't just here is our main character be like here is this guy on running loose Mm -hmm. and these are our characters who deal with him some of them don't make it right but that's life but they are our main characters right and just kind of change the emphasis because you is a very good show for the most part, there's some that's get, it gets repetitive and stuff, but it's mm-hmm. a it's a very good show. But up until now, it does just seem this guy is a fucking maniac. Yeah, and he's gotten away with it. Right. Yeah, I know. I I and I I don't think that there could be anybody else better behind Joe than than Penn Badgley because he. Also, every time he goes on interviews, every time he is doing any sort of press related thing, talking about the show, he's the first one to throw Joe under the bus and be like, he's a dirtbag. Like, don't fetishize over him. Like, he's not someone that you should be enjoying or wanting to keep going. You shouldn't want the story of Joe Goldberg to continue. Yeah. Like <laughs> you should want him dead at this point. You should yeah. want something bad to happen to him. And you should oh want him to get caught. <laughs> yes. So I I really hope that considering that he ha- he seems to have significant pull over the show that he- that's what we get. Yeah. I would really like to see that. I don't want him to get his happy ending like Dexter did. Um <laughs> I want him to actually pay for his crimes and for the people who have been hurt, like Jen Ortega's character, to be responsible for him getting caught. Absolutely, yeah. Um, this ended up being a really dark show. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did want to talk briefly uh, about, because we've been talking a lot about interviewing and um, just people's horrible interview styles <laughs> and disrespecting celebrities because it's just hot goss, so why not? Um, we've started watching and enjoying more chicken shop dates with Amelia and I've been watching Amelia on like TikTok and stuff and I think she's just like so quirky and fun and I really love her energy and the chicken shop dates are just so, they're so quick but I feel like they give so much insight into like whichever celebrity she's interviewing or hanging out with, their actual Um, personality. on On a date with. Right, exactly. I, I think that like that's like the ideal interview because it it's casual. Mm-hmm. It's personal. It's down to earth. And it's just like lighthearted. I wish that they were longer than like 
five yeah. to ten minutes. Yeah, me too. Like, I would love for her to just do like a half hour, have her jokey things where she's just awkward and quirky. Yeah. But then also just at, like, because I feel the things that she does ask people, mm-hmm. it's it's about them. Yeah. Might not be about like what they're doing professionally or right. uh, romantically, but it's about them. Yeah. And their life and what they enjoy doing or maybe like their family. Like she had uh, Phineas yeah. on and she said something about his sister. And so like obviously Billie Eilish is also famous. So like you have that like little celebrity uh, sibling duo that you can kind of do that but even when Ed Sheeran was on he, there was like he brought up his wife a couple times she joked about like oh yeah you like you keep bringing up your wife on our date and like it's just <laughs> it's funny because it lets you see a side of them that you normally wouldn't see because we all know that when they're out there performing and doing their stuff like this persona that they are selling it's it's just that it's just like a product that they're selling yeah and um as much as that might be just in a heightened version of them it's still not really truly them you know it's something that's blown out of proportion because that's what sells so it's nice that on these types of dates and interview style dates that they that you get to see who they are as an actual person and it actually humanizes them and makes you just like them more and i I don't know why it is, but I feel like chicken-based interviewing yeah. <laughs> is always the best. Because I also think of Hot Ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where he interviews them while they are eating incredibly spicy wings. wings. yeah. And because of that, they kind of let their guard down because they're just thinking of how, like, hot, how it hot it is. So their answers are always just raw. Yes. But at the same time, Sean Evans and his research crew are fantastic Mm -hmm. because he will pull things from like their childhood. Like uh, Pedro Pascal was just on it. Yeah. And the, the first question was back at this, this small startup theater company that you, Mm -hmm. you were at. Yeah. And it's, I swear the amount of times the people he interviews are just like, how did you even know about that? Yeah. And then they'd go into this like, well, I was young. I like, I was telling my parents I wanted to be an actor, and they're just like, okay, hot shot. Here is this local theater company. Right. Let's do some theater, and like talking about like how they started and like the the relationships they built early on. Right. And like it's just like that's good interviewing. Yeah. It's like very different than chicken shop dates because mm-hmm. that's more just like we're on this goofy little date yeah and like i'm gonna Everyone make fun of you a there. little yeah and you're gonna make fun of me a little yeah that don't impress me much <laughs> and then there's sean evans on hot ones where he is he he's what like we're always just like why don't people ask about the like the process the, or something the process yeah. the professionalism like like what do you do? Mm-hmm. Why, like what do you do for fun? Why do you do what you do? Yeah, yeah. And all of that. And we're just like, why doesn't anybody ask that? And I just realized after I re-entered my hyperfixation of hot ones after <laughs> I saw Pedro Pascal. And I was just like, this guy does that. Yeah. And it's just such deep, meaningful questions. Nine times out of ten, don't get 
an appropriate answer mm-hmm. uh, because they're too consumed with hot sauce. Right. But it's it's just like the knowledge that there are some people who actually want to highlight the, the artist, the artist and their career and their life. Yeah. So. We don't hate all interviewers, guys. Well, and... We just like chicken ones. <laughs> um, I just like to... If you get like a celebrity and there's been a few that come to mind where you you talk about something in their early, their early career, like before they were really anybody. Nobody knew yeah. who they were. They have this just look on their face of like as they're going through the memory but also they're just like so proud of their younger self yeah and as they're reflecting you see just the process of them remembering where they came from and that's a really nice wholesome thing to see them being proud of their younger self and like yeah i did this thing and that was really cool of me to do and that kind of just like kick-started this thing It, it it showed me that i was passionate about this or or like this was a fond memory of playing around with my friends or goofing off and doing these things like yeah it makes you feel closer to them because chances are whether it was acting or music or something else we all have a memory of just hanging out with our friends doing something goofy that made us realize that we liked this thing or another thing and we became passionate about something and like i have memories of me playing with my friends doing stupid shit and it's just like it's funny to just look back and just remember you're just like yourself in your purest form when you were just like so hopeful and and just having the time of your life, not caring about anything else in the world, just existing and having a good time. When you're saying this, I've just been flooded with memories of making that th- uh, 5,000 miles, 500 miles yeah. video yeah. in a basement with my friends at three in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> See, like, we all have a story that I feel like is fairly pivotal. 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 Red leather, yellow leather. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That just, like, it's just, it's just a fun thing to remember and reflect on. Because it, like, helped shape us into who we are. But also remembers, like, your younger self before you cared about all the shit, you know? I miss the days before all the shit. All the shit. <laughs> all the just like worrying about what other people think and giving a shit about like money and house and just crap, you know? Yeah. What is your favorite chicken shop date? Um, That on, we've seen because we've only seen Honestly, a I think my favorite chicken shop date is not an actual chicken shop date. It's just her interview with Andrew Garfield. Yeah, that's everybody's. They've called that a chicken shop date. Like the Oscars, we haven't, we obviously have recorded before the Oscars, but we're going to pretend like we didn't. We're we're doing the talking to you on Tuesday, like always. (laughs) Um, But we haven't seen the interaction between Amelia and Andrew Garfield. We don't know if it even does happen because that's what people have been saying all over the internet. They're like, okay. She's going to be at the Oscars. He's going to be at the Oscars. We're getting Chicken Shop Date Part 3 with Andrew Garfield. Let's go. <laughs> so people are pretty excited about it. I think we're like there's going to be a lot of people who are disappointed if that doesn't happen. Yeah. But they are really cute together. I would like to see an official like Chicken Shop Date. Have them sit. D- that can be her first 30 minute. Video. Yes. But also like there's been a lot of people that are like they have really good just like romantic chemistry and you know i 
I th- I would ship it. <laughs> I think they'd be really cute together, but I don't know. I'm not in their life, so I don't know what would be best for them. But I do at least, at the very least, want to see a chicken shop date. I think my favorite actual official chicken shop date that I have seen is the Ed Sheeran one. Yeah. Because I feel like they just have really great just personality chemistry. They are really good at bouncing off of each other. Maybe it's the ginger. I don't know. <laughs> hey. They cracked a joke at it in the date, so I can crack a joke Everybody at it. Everybody likes a good ginger chicken, all right? <laughs> all right. So after that dark, you-based episode with some fun chicken shop things and some hot wing interview things, I want to know what your guys' thing that you've made before all the shit that you're super proud of. What was that thing? And what is your favorite chicken-based interview uh, hot ones, chicken shop dates. What's your favorite chicken thing? And then Brittany, mm-hmm. can you please recite for me the words red leather, yellow leather? <laughs> uh, red leather, yellow leather. Nope. Red Try le- again. Red leather, yellow leather. Right. You sound like you're doing a vo- like that voice jammer thing. Well, it's because I've tried it so many times prior to this and I screw up. All the time. Red leather, yellow leather. Damn it. Red. <laughs> Repeat after me. Repeat after me. Red. Red. Leather. Leather. Yellow. Yellow. Leather. Leather. Red leather. Red leather. Yellow leather. Yellow, yeah. Yellow leather. All right. That's it, folks. <laughs> um, before we actually do our full sign off, next week we are talking about the whole first season of The Last of Us. Mm, so. Baby buckle up for that if you haven't watched it make sure you do get caught up on all your easter eggs stuff because it's going to be a fun one also very dark and probably (laughs) sad but we're talking about it next week so watch the things and we will talk to you next week red leather yellow leather